generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, so let's go to the book of John chapter 18 very quickly. We're starting a new series this morning. The mission is not. <laughs> this one's impossible. It's not impossible. So we're going to kick it up from John chapter 18. It's going to be an exciting one. The Lord is going to stretch us. I believe that some of us, our paradigms will be expanded. Some of us, our ambitions will be swept away because God wants us to function from a higher plane, a higher premise. So in this first service, I'm going to be teaching on born for a mission. Born for a mission. In the second service, I'm going to be talking about the mission is not impossible. In the second service, I'm going to be telling you seven things um, that determine the possibility of anything, which means that anytime you feel something is impossible, just check those seven areas. If those seven areas are covered, it can be done. It can be done. And I'll also show you how God operates and functions with those seven areas and how he apportions grace and power and wisdom to believers from the premise of his love so that we can walk in possibilities. Let me also make mention of this. When we say the mission is not impossible, we're not saying anybody can do anything they want. So I'm going to talk about the place of false freedoms because there's a, there's a difference between liberalism and freedom. Yeah, and there's a difference between humanism and what I'll, I'll call self-determination or personal responsibility. So we're not just saying, oh, anything, you know, like anything can happen. You can marry somebody's wife. The mission is not impossible. Right? And then there's a difference between human ambition and divine vision as well. So the mission we're talking about is within the parameters of God's sovereignty and God's wisdom. So, right, let's go to the book of John. Media, I was sort of like waiting for you as well. John 18, and we're going to pick it up from verse 33. I touched on it last week because as much as possible, we'll try to be very sequential in our teachings um, so that there's a flow all through the year. John 18, from verse 33. All right. The Bible says, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Notice, not Jewish. Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you concerning uh, tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? In other words, what's your offense? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world, of this system, of this fallen construct, of this environment. My kingdom is not of the fleshly ambitions, goals, of this world. It says if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have fought or would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. 
But now my kingdom is not from here. So the origin, another drink, the origin, the source of my kingdom is not in this world. So anyone that is going to partake of my kingdom must first of all, must first of all have a regeneration that is not of this world. Just like my kingdom does not originate from this space, the genesis of my kingdom is not the space. If you are going to be a part of that kingdom, you have to draw your source from another place. This is why Jeremiah would say that cursed is the man who makes man his source. He says that that man, the best he will ever have is that he's going to be a shrub. And that he's going to dry up. That when the conditions of this world change, he will change with the conditions of this world. His life is going to gravitate towards the greatest opportunity he can see. Because it's rooted in this world. He said, blessed is that man whose trust is in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He's going to be like a tree. And that the tree that he is is going to be planted with a secret source of supply. That even when there is negativity in this world, he is not going to be crushed by that. What it also means is that when this believer who is from another world is under pressure, he does not react like the world. Because he knows it's connected to another lifeline, another source of supply. He's from a different place. So he does not dance to the music of the world. But I'm not talking about worldly songs. I'm saying the tunes, the rhythm of the world. Look at somebody say, I belong to a kingdom... And that kingdom is not of this world. It is in this world, but it's not of this world. Now, if someone says, this microphone, is it Nigerian made? This microphone. Some of you are not sure, like, ah. These days... You know, they are dangerous. They can reproduce human beings. Right? It's, it's a show mark. So it's not made in Nigeria. So it's not of Nigerian origin. Right? But where, where is it? In Nigeria. But it's not of Nigeria. Now, how many of you are from Lagos? That's your state of origin. From Lagos? Partially. Someone said partially. Only Smith and Dami. Okay, a few more people. Of course, I think that generally many times if your name is like William Hastrop, Bickerstaff, <laughs> Petgrave, Shingo, <laughs> Alinko, <laughs> right? But so, so only about four or five people are from Lagos, but everybody here is where? in Lagos now if there comes a time where they say it's only people from Lagos that can buy land in Lagos right uh, that's what they will lose money because uh, don't let me go to that part because some individuals already own Anyway, 
anyway, so basically, where you are from, watch this, determines your rights. If whether you're from Lagos or you're not from Lagos, if you are in Lagos and the sun is hot in Lagos, will you feel the heat or not? Why is the sun beating me in Lagos? I don't like it. I'm from Ekiti. Why is the sun beating me in Lagos? Will it beat me or not? It will because I am in. However, if I say to myself, you know what, there are certain rights and privileges, so maybe like back then they used to do some busry stuff in universities. Do they still do it? It's now a scam. But they used to do it back then. The different states, who remembers? Who went to university back in the day when? Yes. Your state would allocate certain amounts of money per state. I don't know. Depend on how rich your state was. 5K. $2,015, they are still doing it. Maybe they are doing that. Some of you don't know. Your state's rep is keeping it on your behalf. Yeah. Because they do it. Or your GP is not high enough. <laughs> Alright? So based on where you are from, you get an allocation. That's what Jesus meant when he said eventually when they came to arrest him at, at, uh, in the garden. And he said, you know what? Even now, I can make a requisition to my headquarters. And they'll release angels even now. In other words, I have rights even now. Look at somebody say, I'm born in that kingdom. It's not my kingdom. My kingdom is not from here. Verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this, now you can replace cause with mission. Right? Isn't that so? So for this mission... I was. Look at someone say you were born for a mission. Now, notice what Jesus does not say. Jesus does not say, for this cause I exist. And Jesus does not say, for this cause I am who I am. No. He's saying, my birth. My taking on flesh, my becoming human is because of this mission. What is the mission? I hope somebody understands what I'm saying. That the word predated the incarnation. The word predates Jesus' fleshly manifestation. So he's saying that without this cause I'm about to explain to you, my breath would not have been necessary. I would have remained hidden and everything would be fine. But there is a reason for my birth. There is a reason for my manifestation. There is a reason I took on the form of flesh. So it says, for this cause, I have come into the world. It says, for this cause, I was born. For this cause, I have come into the world that I should Bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews 
And he said to them, You guys are not reading the Bible this morning. Find a name, no fault at all. Let's go to First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. From verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was I wanted to see that, please. He does not say he exists to take away our sins. Because if he exists to take away our sins, the moment our sins were taken away, he will cease to exist. In fact, that will make him an inferior creation, if you will, because to mean that our sins were the premise for his existence. Somebody really needs to understand this because it's really going to change your mind. It's going to change your, what you call your goals, all your dreams, your ambitions, your, all of those things that you're thinking in your head. It will just take, some of them will dissolve. Others will find their rightful place. Because many of us operate from the premise of, I am born, so now let me do stuff. Yeah. No. There was stuff to do. And you were designed as an ambassador of the kingdom to do the stuff. It changes everything. Once you begin to operate with this paradigm, it does not intimidate you who is doing what. Jesus didn't say for this purpose we were all born. No. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. That means that the truth was already established and what's the truth here? That I'm a king. I have a kingdom. I have dominion. I have authority. Right? So everything the believer is doing is to bear witness to the truth of God's life, God's dominion and authority and also to be an encasement of that proof. So here in verse, verse 5, it says, for this, where is it? And ye know that he was, now this is the word I wanted to highlight here. He was, what does it mean for something to manifest? Pardon? To be revealed. Conspicuous. Trust the doctor. Give us more, give us more. Unveiled, yes? Show forth. He's saying the reason it took on flesh, it became visible to the material world. He took on this encasement called flesh is to do what? Take away our sins and in him is no sin. Now it says whoever abideth in him does not continue to sin. Whoever uh, continues to sin does not have a revelation of him. Notice there is no recourse here to self-determination to or willpower. So it's the revelation of Jesus that gives you victory over sin. It's not the resolution of yourself. God, I'm, you can see my tears. They are hot tears. It, it don't move stuff. It moves you. 
but it's a revelation looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So he says, whoever sins has not seen him and does not know him, doesn't have an intimate walk with him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is... So which one comes first? The identity or the expression? The identity or the deeds? Alright, now that's why I'm starting from the place of born for a mission. The place of identity. And the identity is that you're righteous. And what do you do? Look at someone say the, the mission is righteous. Next verse please. He who sins, verse 8, is of the devil. He that committed sin is of the devil for the devil. Now, I want you to begin to see this now. When did the devil sin? Which of the beginnings? He was not in the beginning, beginning, beginning. Only God was in the beginning, beginning, beginning. We're talking about the beginning of the fall, the beginning of the age, of his fall, that is. Not man's fall, of his fall, right? That cycle, that whole season, okay? Now, let me, I want someone to help me here. When we say that somebody is sinning, generally, uh, what comes to your mind? Give me some sin, some what? Fornication, as in funny communication, when you're speaking in tongues the wrong way. Adultery, when you're adulterating people's DNA. <laughs> Yahoo Plus, stealing. Give me some more. Lying, anger, pardon? Backbiting, weed. Uh, why, do you guess, why do you protest that weed is not a sin? Because she said weed. Sorry, sorry, she said greed. I heard weed. And people say, ah. Are you protesting that weed is no longer a sin? Is weed a sin or weeding? All right. Now, but the Bible says that the devil sinneth from the beginning. Was there weed in the beginning? Was there sex in the beginning? Was there stealing in the beginning? Where did the devil sin? In his heart. So you can be doing everything right on the outside, but in your heart you have sinned. Yeah. I'm taking it slow. Because I want to rock. Are you understanding that? That somebody can write 100 books. That somebody can build a massive ministry. That somebody can lay hands and people fall under upper lay leg and God said there was sin in his heart because the devil sinned how? from the beginning did he still display power after he sinned? because he swept one third of the angels so the display of power is not the reflection of purity from the beginning the devil seen from the beginning. <laughs> he missed the mark. Now, the, the, the key thing here, okay, okay, you get in this? Is it seeping in your spirit? Well, you're cursed. Uh, am I supposed to preempt the call? Okay, I'm about to call you. Get ready for the call. Okay, are you hearing? <laughs> 
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. I, I get it. Now, this is the deal. When did the devil sin? When did he sin? From where? If you're building something, you're building something, what is the beginning of the building? In the heart. And then from the heart, what do you do? Set out, as in the, the land, and you lay the foundation. If the design is faulty, will the building be perfect? That means everything you see in the visible dimension that has no roots in God will fall apart. Everything. Bling bling, cars and houses, jets and yachts, awards, certificates. Revelation tells us that a great fire will come and consume the whole Babylon. People argue that Babylon is a physical place. Well, Babylon is a system. It's a system of greed and carnality and wealth and money and all of that. The reason I need to say this is this. That there will be times in your building or the accomplishment of your mission where your loyalty will be tested. And what it does mean is that, you know, Paul put it this way. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Did you start out in the spirit and you want to end up in the flesh? <laughs> in other words, you've laid the foundation. Jesus, Paul put it this way. No other foundation can any other person lay. But he said, I built as a wise master builder. He said, let each man be careful how he builds on the foundation so the enemy is going to come and say ah this foundation is good but can i give you the window of hardom can i put some paint of pride so that after you've built selflessly you now become selfish and say i was the one that built it we are the pillars of this church it was my offering that made their offering acceptable Jesus 2.0 <laughs> this is important so he's seen from the beginning now the devil can take on the appearance of the Bible tells us that even the devil does what can take on the appearance of light in other words, he's going to try to make his darkness lit. Yes. He's going to glamorize his darkness. You know, so there are people that say certain things about how a certain agenda wants to take over Nigeria, right? Somebody wants to know. Nobody can do that in Nigeria. It's a lie. They just don't like them. So they want to take over Nigeria. Now, if anybody wants to take over your house, will they come and say, you, I want to take over your house. Did the serpent come to Eve and say, I'm about to mess up the next 6,000 years? Is that what it said? So the enemy would tempt you with the pressure in the now so it can miss out on the prophecy for the future. 
I'm saying this is there are many believers who have looked at the Bible and they used or tried to use the Bible to advance their own personal mission. So the fact that there is a scripture for what you are doing does not mean you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. I've gotten a word for it. God give me You don't know you can find almost any word. Have you noticed? In the Bible. Look at some say, mm. And it happens. People have built things that God was not involved in. <laughs> People have created things and they're impressive. Huge. Magnificent. Says man will come to me in that day and say, We've done mighty works in your name. And God said to me, There is a difference between doing things in my name and doing it for my sake. You can do something in my name. We're not doing it for my sake. So you could go to my wife and say, oh, um, Alton, give me P. Dam's phone. And she gives you my phone. So P. Dam said, you know, you should give me his phone. And then collect my phone and then you start making phone calls with my airtime. So you are using my resources. But not for your sake. Not for my sake, that is. I get it. So the presence of resource for a thing is not authorization to do it. So the money is available, let's do it. Because if you do stuff because your money is available, you're being led by your money. And not by your mission, by the spirit of the mission, the governor of the mission, the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And somebody said, no, if God is leading you, you should not go through a dry season. Where did you read that? The Bible says at the beginning of Jesus' ministry that the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. <laughs> Eventually. People spied the message in the spirits. Is that why you're shouting? Oh, okay. So that's important. All right. Now, whoever, so, so here's what the devil does. Since the devil will not come as flesh, right, to come and die, to reproduce himself, he can't even do that. Why? I explained about eternal life and, and the life of righteousness. No human being can die for their sins and resurrect. You understand that because men are sinful. It's good to see you. Happy New Year. Because men are sinful. So if you die, you have to endure the wages of sin, which is death. Which means you'll be too dead to come up again to reap the life you died for. Make sense? All right. So the devil cannot die to say, okay, I want to become flesh and die and raise things, right? But he can walk through people. So for every divine mission, there is a satanic counterfeit. And I'll show you through the life of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm born for a mission. So he says, whoever is born of God does not continue to sin. This is the reason. For his seed, the seed of God, remains in him. 
and he cannot sin. Now, what does it mean? Does it mean the person cannot, will never tell a lie, will never, that's not what it means. As long as you're in the flesh, until this body is glorified, you will miss the mark. But the seed is talking about here is to consistently choose a way that is not the way of God. And be enjoying it. Yeah, it, that's, it can happen. That's what it's saying. And it said this is the reason because he is strong-willed. Because he's fine. Because he is rich. Because he is born of God. So why did Jesus come? Was, was he made manifest to destroy works of the devil? In this, the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil are made clear, whoever doth righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth, not his brother. For this is the message that he heard from the beginning, that we should love. Alright. So Jesus was born, that the enemy proposed to him a counter mission. A counterfeit mission. Let's examine a couple of them. What was one of the first things the devil told him? Turn the stones to? Now, please, who doesn't like bread here? Bread and beans. Bread and butter. Toast and butter. Well, a cup of tea. Who eats bread here? Who has ever eaten bread in their entire life? I think every human being. So the enemy will propose a material that has possibilities of personal sustenance and universal relevance doing something that is relevant to the culture does not mean you're fulfilling your divine destiny this is what's raining now this is what's raining it's in vogue the fact that something is in vogue does not mean it's in vogue, as in the magazine. Some will be like, oh, Uchi has done the Cecilia. Let me go and do the Felicia. The Priscilla. Nakia. Rakia. I saw the picture. So, is that, you know, turn the stones to bread and all of that. Can I propose to you that some people have lost sight of the reason they were called and what they are doing right now is to put bread and butter on the table. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is not in meat and drink. So, Paul is saying, whenever your core obsession is what you will eat, you are not living out your life's purpose. When that is what dominates your waking moments, when that is what determines where you go, I'm not saying you can make, you know, uh, career decisions for a season based on you need income. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you now get so apprehensive and so anxious and so bothered and so burdened that that is what you're thinking about. Somebody here just needs to try God, if I can use that expression. God says, seek ye first the kingdom. That's what Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
How did he sustain 12 men without what people call a 9 to 5 job? Because he had supply from another kingdom. And when you operate from that kingdom, the kingdoms of this world will bow to you and deliver to you the resources required for the different stages of your mission. Somebody say, I believe that. Then apart from bread, what does it say to him? What does it say? If you bow, if you bow, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. <laughs> so it seems, okay, bread is not doing you, Abby. Let's use kingdom. Let's use the, the power basis of the world. Influence. It's not how many humans you know, but how much God knows you that matters. It's good to have connections, networks, and all of that. But why? Then after that, he says to him, go to the top of the mountain, spiritual power, and jump down. You know, commit suicide. That's what he was trying to, yeah, that's what he was trying to say. Show yourself. Because one of two things, one thing is, I've committed suicide and died. <laughs> that's unlikely. Number two is that Jesus would have had to fly. Then all Israel would have seen him and have appeared before us. What, whatever the enemy proposes to you is going to be a complication of the divine process designed for you. But it wasn't just the personal temptations and all of that. Remember that it became so powerful and the Jews were like you are the governor, you are the messiah we've been waiting for. You are the political influencer, you are the social influencer we've been waiting for. The enemy is not just going to propose an alternative to you in the privacy of your space. He will raise voices around you to try to tell you you are good at this. Why not? But this is... Whose boat, uh, boat has been broken now? It's a table... Don't worry, we'll arrange it. <laughs> and not only does he do that, his own disciples, who are supposed to be spiritual people, their mother came. Mother, come, bring us. Came with the son. Two sons. Second son, where is <laughs> Second son. are my sons John, James one on your left one on your right will you have them? make them right hand man minister of oil and gas minister of finance and said in your kingdom so they were expecting a fiscal kingdom the reason I need to deal with this is that there is a generation that equates materialism with divine mission. Such that when people have money or influence or fame, like, ah, God is blessing this one. And when it looks like some people are strong, it's like, ah, hmm, secret sin, secret sin. God is punishing them in public for struggling. 
Thank you very much. So, here is the deal. The mission predates your birth. The whole Bible, the 66 books in the Bible can be uh, calibrated in six parts. Let me run through that quickly. In six parts, the whole Bible. All the stories, all the examples, allegories, parables, six things. Number one is the creation. Somebody say creation. creation. Number two is the fall. Somebody say fall. fall. Number three is the dealings of God with Israel. The dealings of God with Israel, judges, kings, and all of that. Number four is Jesus the Messiah. Jesus Christ the Messiah. Jesus Christ the Messiah. Number six, no, number five now, right, is the church. The church. And number six is the new creation. New creation starts with us being born again, but it also goes into a whole new world. A whole new world. Yeah, it's actually a fantastic point of view. So, six parts. Number one is what? Number two? Number three? Guys on the side, not talking to me. Number three? The things of God with Israel. Number four? Jesus Christ. Number five? Number six? So, all of these things, why do we have all the stories in the Bible? Why do we have all this Ahab and Absalom and David and Jeremiah and Abraham and Isaiah and Esther and Naomi and Habakkuk and Paul? Why do we have all the stories? Why this complication? Because the grand overall design, as somebody say, grand overall design. <laughs> Else is laughing because I'm working on a rap theme. So, a part of it is the GOD, the GOD. <laughs> <laughs> should I give you guys the first part of it no you're not keen enough so so the G-O-D someone said the G-O-D someone said the G-O-D the G-O-D the G-O-D watch that grand overall designer only one person got that the G O D the grand overall designer had a plan in his heart. So the Garden of Eden was not, you know, just, you know, something to do to keep him happy. Israel, okay, I just love these guys. Ah, Israel, I like them. They're not too black, they're not too white. Right? That, that's, that's not what it was about. Jesus. Okay, Jesus, aren't you tired of just being in eternity? Go on, show them Pepe. No, that was not it. There was a plan. And there were three major reasons God made man. One of them was for a relationship with him. A real a, a relationship with him. Number two is so that man could reflect his glory. Number three was so that man could represent his kingdom. Represent. Represent his kingdom. Now all that God has done has been to evolve the fulfillment of these three things. Now, why is the focus on earth? Do you know that there are actually a science, other life forms in other places? But the focus is on earth. Why? Because God made man in his image and after his likeness. The reason why man is really special is that God made man in his image and after his likeness. Look at somebody and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Why did he make him, make him in his image and his likeness for this purpose? If you are going to represent me, you need to look like me. The reason you have a passport, your picture, on any ID you carry is that the face of somebody else will bring confusion if you claim that's your identity. Oh my God, I feel like preaching a little bit. So can I preach a little bit? So that's the reason the Bible tells us, beholding as in a glass, the glory of God. He's talking about face to face. What do you behold from your face? It means in the spirit, you cannot gain access to anything except to come in the image of Jesus. My God, I, I, I was hoping not to preach this early, but let me preach it a little bit. If you have an ID card or a passport picture and you want to travel, you're about to travel, you bring out your wallet and you bring out a passport picture and it's your uncle's face that is on it, are you going to have access? Are you going to have access? If it's your face that is on it, are you going to have access? In other words, it's an illegitimate uh, request to try to get into anything in the spirit without coming through the man Jesus Christ. There are only two men that have validity in the heavenlies. The first Adam and the last Adam. The first man Adam and the last man Adam. Those who are not in the last Adam, Jesus Christ, they go through the fallen Adam. That's why they can access the supernatural, but they always do it fallen they have to bow to an altar they have to bow to a yoke they have to bow to something every time they try to ascend the negative supernatural they take a fall for it on earth so some of them become politicians and children die so come on come on come on come on some of them become billionaires and their health falls because the last Adam rather the first Adam has nothing to give you but a fall but the last Adam every time it gives you something you rise every time it releases something you go up every time it gives you revelation wisdom an assignment a responsibility you never fall you High five somebody, tell him I'm in Jesus Christ. Oh, some of you didn't say loud enough. Tell somebody I'm in Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. The vice versa is also true. What is true is this, that if you want to enter into an office, a chamber that belongs to somebody else in many organizations, and uh, you want to get into that place, you're not a staff of that place. You know what they gave you? What did they give you? They give you a pass. <laughs> and that pass picks up signals from a sensor. Or a sensor picks up signals from that pass. And what it means is this. As long as you have that pass, it does not matter what your height is. It does not matter what your size is. It does not matter what your degree is. It does not matter what your pedigree is. If you have the pass, you will pass. Oh, is somebody hearing this? What it means is, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things are become new. That's why when I pray in the name of Jesus, God is not looking at my age, my color, my creed, my qualification. He's looking at the finished work of the blood of Jesus. Look at somebody, tell him I've got the pass. Oh, somebody needs to say with greater confidence. Say, I've got the pass. I've got the pass. I've got the pass. I've got the pass.
That's why that song is powerful. Death could not hold him down. That's how we know we're going to live forever. Because we're in him. We're in him. So people access the negative supernatural through the fallen methods. And they're able to do some chakra. I mean, everything that Moses did, almost every miracle that Moses worked in Egypt. Didn't magicians do it? How? So man was born to carry the image of God and to represent that image. Now, this is also what it means. If I carry somebody's image and I'm working against that person's mission, what do you call that? I've gone rogue. <laughs> Let it sink. I've gone rogue because I've been exposed to the inner workings of the space like faith but I'm now using my faith for my selfish ambitions so Jesus said whoever is not gathering with me what's he doing it's gathering it's gathering says I'm the vine and ye are the branches what flows in the branches where does it come from comes from the vine in other words my mission is your mission the only difference is that the branch is a different expression of the trunk and have you noticed that for most trees no two branches are exactly the same so the fact that we look different does not mean our assignments are entirely contradictory oh my god this is why when you understand this, your mission is not to outshine anybody because branches don't compete with one another. <laughs> High five somebody say branches don't compete. Branches don't compete. What are we bearing as branches? It's not fruit. Now, Branches don't compete now doesn't mean be docile and do nothing. Because it says that any branch that brings forth fruits, God is going to prune. The one that does not bring forth will happen. Cut it, cut it. Out. Why? You cannot be consuming revelation, wisdom, understanding, capacity, favor, 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 and you are not producing anything with it. Somebody say there is a mission. So what is this grand mission? The grand mission of God is that the kingdom of God will be on earth as it is in heaven. So when you pray, say, Our Father, who art where? In heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be kingdom come, thy will be done. He said, for this purpose was I born. So if Jesus was born to be a witness to the truth of the kingdom, why were you born? To be a witness to the truth of his kingdom. Again, the branch does not always look like the stem, but in composition, it's essentially the same. Right? So you might not look like Jesus physically, I don't think anybody here looks like Jesus physically. Look at someone and say, Do you look like Jesus? 
You might not look like Jesus physically. You might not look, <laughs> look like him. Your nose, size of your nose, nature of your hair, and all of that skin color. But you carry essentially the same thing. So at the beginning of creation, he announced that mission, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. In creation. Now, that creation was man's, rather was God's choice. What happened with the fall? Man's choice. Man fell, right? And then what happened with Jesus Christ coming, or rather God coming through Israel to Jesus Christ? God's redemption. And then Christ comes through that lineage. God comes into the picture again. And finally, the church was born and went the place of creation. Now, in the new creation, our assignment is not different. We just have what I call micro-missions, if you will. In other words, missions within the mission. To fulfill the grand mission. That means it is futile for me to go micro without first of all seeing the mega. It's crucial. So I can see the grand picture. This is why the writer of Hebrews says, after talking about the great heroes of faith, I'll touch on some of them in the second service. We'll talk about mission is, uh, the mission is not impossible. The great heroes of faith, what did he say? He said, all this died in faith, not having possessed the promise. Why? He says they are incomplete without us. That means that my life is not a free-floating individual project. It is a brick in the building of God's agenda. Look at somebody say when Moses parted the Red Sea God had me in mind When Samson killed the Philistine God had me in mind When Esther appeared before the king God had me in mind When Moses came down with the Ten Commandments God had me in mind when Saul, uh, who became Paul, was going all the way from Lystra to Debbie and Iconium. God had me in mind. That's why in every Bible character, you can see the dealings of God in redemption and kingdom. You can see the work of God. You can see the sacrificial lamb from Noah, who builds an ark, which is a representation of a called out people, of a select people. Watch this. And the water on the floor came and drowned everybody and some people were caught up come on somebody it's a picture of the rapture y'all that some people were caught up in the ark because Christ is the ark Christ is the one who's made of material that the earth does not know there is no human tree or no tree on earth or yanga taba yeah no tree on earth that is now known as gopher wood similarly there is no flesh or body like the flesh of Jesus oh yes because his flesh is without seeing and the same way people were in the ark and preserved we are going to be caught up with the lord and the same way there was a new earth there will still be another new earth after this age it is a picture look at somebody say my life is a picture of something coming check it out moses life is a picture that as people are being led out of egypt and Pharaoh, with all his own signs and wonders, Pharaoh's brothers, magicians. Jesus said, in the end days, the devil will have false prophets. It's the same thing. He's leading them out of Egypt, out of the world of sin, through the Red Sea, and they're coming to the promised land. 
is the same picture of deliverance, redemption, recreation. A new earth, a new place. Look at somebody say, my life is not in isolation. This has to be deeply seated in the mind of the believer. He's got to know it. He's got to understand it. When I wake up in the morning, I'm not just waking up and trying to do something. David caught a glimpse of this. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at your right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He says, in the days of your power, your people will be willing. Why? Because they will understand what the mission is. That my singing is not just to entertain people. You can entertain if it's clean, but it's not just for that. That my writing is not so I'll be the best-selling author in the world or anything like that that my building my makeup in my drumming my singing my sign there is an alignment there is a mission and if i'm spending all my time without understanding the blueprints of the grand design i'm just an ambitious individual wasting heavenly resources i've got to be able to ask myself how does this fit into the agenda of god <laughs> i uh, hebrews Jesus said, for this, rather he said, behold, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me. He said, a body you've prepared for me to do your will. He said, a body you have prepared. That means even my body, when you understand it, you stop complaining about your body. Except you're the one abusing it or misusing it. But it said, a body you have prepared for me. In other words, your form is secondary to the function assigned for you. You are shaped in tune with your mission. You are shaped with your mission in mind. Oh my God. Look at someone say, you're shaped for the mission. Some of you, are, you're slim because your mission requires somebody who's slim. Uh, yeah. Look at someone say, I'm born for the foreign mission. Somebody say, Lord, I'm born for a mission. Two quick things as I try to wind it down. So, for me to be a partaker of this mission, the first thing is I've got to realize that I am. Born for a mission, and I'm born again into his family to carry his life. I'm born again into God's family to carry his life. So, how does it work? Jesus put it this way in John 15 I'm the vine, you're the branches. Now, look at what it said. Without me, you can do what? In other words, anything being done outside of Christ is really vanity. Because in him all things consist. As I'm like, I wish everybody could get the memo right now. You know, there are ages and ages and ages. And we're in an age right now. So some people are being saved in this age. And the Lord is going to take his harvest. Yeah? Of this age. Then after we leave, some people will still have a chance. Are you aware? Are you aware that in the new age, some of us will still teach other people? Okay. Ah, I thought the of us would just know everything. Okay. 
Do you even know that in the new age that there are different compartments and places? That some people will be in the holy city, some people will not near the <laughs> Have you studied Revelations? So some people like <laughs> okay. <laughs> so life is not about meat and drink. You, you, you've, you've got to understand. As I'm like, you really have to understand it. Not from a psychological, let me not worry. No. As in really, your life is not about food and drink. So number one, to be a partaker of this mission is I've been born again to the family of God. Some, somebody say I've been born again and to the family of God. Why is it like that because this mission is a family business. The family business. God can use certain people who are not members of his family, but they are not going to be integral parts of the continuation of his mission. Galatians 3, 26 to 29. For you are all sons of God. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, what does that say? Then you are Abraham's seed. And here's according to the promise. So that's Galatians 3, 26, 29. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18, God said, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's 2 Corinthians 6 18. Somebody say, I'm born into the family. Now one of the things about in the Greek uh, for house, one of the words in house talks about a people with a distinct nature. A people with a distinct nature. So I've been called into distinction, into separation. I belong to the family of God. Now, doesn't this begin to make sense now that Jesus would say, I and my father are? I do nothing except that which I see my father. Is he, is he making sense? Couldn't Jesus do many things? Oh, come on, somebody. Couldn't Jesus do many things? Did Jesus walk on water? Did he walk on water every day? Because for many in this generation, the day you discover you can walk on water. Hey. IGTV. Live video. Then you even start the academy. Water working academy. Aquaman 2.0. Master class. Water working master class. It's a family mission. Now what a family mission, watch this, means is I don't get to do everything I can do. Somebody needs to understand what that means. 
It means that even when you join a marriage, when you're in a marriage, don't join a marriage. When you're in a marriage, you don't do everything you can do just because you can do it. But you do everything you can do based on the assignment of the union. Ah, oh, come on. Because if every disciple did everything they could do once they were in the boat with Jesus, Peter would be catching fish, Judas would be stealing money, uh, James and John would be lobbying for right hand. Some of us will be doubting. I, I doubt what everybody's doing. Right? So it's a family business. Number two, so I can talk about the heart of this message. Number two is I'm enrolled into his company to shine his light. So I'm born again into his family to carry his life. Somebody say I carry his life. Number two, I'm enrolled in his company to shine his light. So I'm born again into his family to carry his life, to be a host of his life. This is good to see you. Happy New Year. Did I send you a message saying Happy New Year? Okay, I did, right? What's up? Because I thought maybe this was my dream. Two things to engage the mission. Yeah. What, what were you guys? Oh, part two? Okay, no, no. What was the first number one you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, to engage the mission. I must realize I've been born again to his family to carry his life. Number two, I've been enrolled into his company to shine his light. Now, one of the interesting things, let me, let me deal with this person, I'll go to the other one. So, John chapter 5, verse 35, verse 36, John 5, 35, 36, it says concerning John, John was a burning and a shining lamp. And you were willing, watch what it said, I could preach that, but John was a burning and a shining lamp. I pray in this season that God causes the flames of your spirit to begin to burn so brightly. I love that, amen, you can make it even louder. Burning, 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 burning. The world, watch this, can duplicate your shine, but they can't duplicate your fire. What it means is, the world might look glamorous or look, speak Christianese, but the fire is what changes the form. It's fire that decomposes things. It's fire that melts things. It's fire that reconfigures things. It's fire that changes the inner workings of things. The Bible says that John was a burning and a shining light. He was not just a light that gathered crowds, but he was a burning light that forced men to move or to have their wickedness flow to the, to the surface for them to be afraid. They were afraid of John. That's why they killed him, remember? That's why they beheaded him. So just 
being a light, of course, is a threat to the devil. But when you are a burning light, you are a bigger threat to hell. Because you are not only going to be scaring him, you are going to be burning up structures and decomposing environments. I pray in the season that there is a rising of people who are not just shining, but who are burning, burning with the fire of God, burning with the glory of God, burning with a new anointed, burning with intensity. Somebody shout, I'm on fire. I didn't say say it, I said shout, I'm on fire. I proclaim that your altar burns with fire. Your heart even right now begins to burn with fire. He said that when Jesus appeared to them on the way to Emmaus, he said that their hearts not burn. Somebody you have not felt the fire in a long time. But I pray by the Spirit of God that there is a stoking of your fire. There is a burning of the flames. There is an ignition from the inside of you. You begin to burn again. You begin to burn with a fire of God. You begin to burn with the passion of God. You begin to burn with the purposes of God. You begin to burn. He was a burn and a, and a shining light. In Jesus name. Just give me a few minutes and it'll end properly. It was a burning and shining light. Look at what it said. It said you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's. So when John was a burning and shining light, it was not just burning and shining for shining's sake. Every time a believer shines, it should be a witness. It should be a witness to something. Jesus taught that. Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who has empowered you with his identity and life to be able to do those good works so the mission the believer of the <laughs> believer of the mission the mission of the believer is not an isolated goal it's integrated john's life is connected to jesus's life paul's life is connected to jesus's life Timothy's life is connected to Paul's life who's connected to Jesus' life. The faithful men that Timothy committed the church to, their lives were connected to Timothy, connected to Paul, who was connected to Jesus, who was connected to John, who was connected to the prophets of old. And this is why isolation is a dangerous thing. Because isolation disqualifies you from participating in the mission. <laughs> At least in that season, I'm not talking about disqualification from righteousness, but from being an active player in the agenda of God. Because it's, it's a family work and it's a company, it's, a, it's teamwork. Shine light. Why did he call the disciples? Mark chapter 3, 13 to 15. It says, And he went up the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might do what? Be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Why is he calling them to himself? Because he wants them to be to their generation what he has been to them. <laughs> what has Jesus been? Light. 
What has Jesus been? Deliverer. What has Jesus been? Provider. So if I am a barber, what should I be in that space? Light. What should I be in that space? Deliverer. What should I be in that space? Provider. So this is not a title-based thing. It's a mission-minded thing. You've got to get it. It's a mission-minded thing. It's like, this is who I am. This is not who I am in church. Then when I'm outside, I'm something else. This is who I am. This is what I do. That's Mark 3, 13 to 15. You see that in Mark 3, or 13, read, uh, read that. Uh, Galatians 1. Paul says something. But when it pleased God, who separated me from when? My mother's womb. And called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. Somebody say, that's the life. Sonship, that's family. So I'm in the family of God. I'm a son of God. And Christ has been revealed in me. And that I might preach. Galatians 1 from 15 to 16. That my preaching among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. So the life within and then the light through me. The life of God in me manifests as the light of God through me. So the first thing is to be with him. He said, where did God separate me? From my mother's womb. From my mother's womb, I was separated unto the divine purpose. So everything I do must trace back to that womb, must rather to that calling, to that mission, to that assignment. So in Jeremiah chapter 1, the Bible says, before you were formed, I knew you. In other words, I knew your person before I formed your body. I knew you and I ordained you. So there are people in this generation, have you wondered why? There is so much more information, but people are more depressed. There is so much more money, but people are still broke and in poverty and in shame because the resources don't exist for personal promotion. The resources exist for corporate mission. And the fact that I don't have the resources in my space right now does not mean God is not a provider. Oh, yeah. Because I was born for the mission, I was not born for the money, I was born for the mission. And when I need the money, the, the money is going to show up for the mission. Don't forget. Now, in closing, I just quickly want to mention something which is a, a pivotal point. The Bible talks about this. What does it say? <laughs> Moses put it this way. I present before you life and death. But I, I'm saying to you that you should choose life. A lot of people in our generation are looking for their purpose. Lord, give me my purpose. Show, right? Show me my purpose. What did he call me to do? But God began to teach me and he said to me that the fact that you have your purpose or you know your purpose does not guarantee that you fulfill it. And that the problem before man fell was not that man didn't know his purpose. Did God speak to man about his purpose or not? What did he say? Be fruitful. Multiply. Tend the garden, keep the garden, be fruitful. Multiply with pleasure. So he knew his purpose, right? The question or the challenge is not, do I know my purpose? The bigger challenge is not purpose, it's choices. Because man did not fall because of the lack of purpose. 
But he fell because of the abuse of choices. And that's why many times God is going to test you with choices before he trusts you with purpose. My Lord. Ah, yes. I've, I've got to, yes. Ah, yes. Somebody needs to understand this. Many times God is going to test you with choices before he trusts you with purpose. And so many people are saying, Lord, show me my purpose, show me my purpose. Whereas they are messing up choices that God has already given them. What is superior to the knowledge of purpose is the alignment of choices. Temptation is <laughs> a test to see what choices you will make. We're talking about being born for a mission. Are your choices lining up with your mission? Or are they lining up with convenience? Your potential is not your problem. Your potential is what you can do. Your choices are what you choose to do. And your choices are more important than your potential. Oh my God. More important. Someone say, I'm born for a mission. You don't sound like you have a mission somewhere in your spirit, man. I know you can be louder than that when you're watching Z-Wall Telemundo. Somebody shout, I'm born for a mission. So when Jesus said, he said, I came into this world to be a witness to this truth. And the first aspect of it is destroying the works of the devil. That means that the believer sees himself as a missionary. Wherever there is any evil work, you carry enough life. Somebody say life. Whenever there is any evil work in your space, you carry enough life in that space. Let me also make it clear in closing that this mission is not a far-off agenda. It's not something you will accomplish at 55 or 63. Because you are born for a mission, the mission was ready before you were born. You were born into the mission. That means everywhere you are, you are a missionary. You are a life carrier. If somebody says something is not going well in my life, just pray in the Holy Ghost for one minute and say Lord give me counsel that is the mission that is to be a witness to the kingdom high five somebody and tell them you're born look at somebody say you're born for a mission that's why the Bible says I've given you authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions and every power of the enemy. It means wherever you walk to and there is a snake in that place. Tell that snake you already lost the battle. You already defeated. You won in the garden of Eden through the first Adam but I'm in the last Adam now. I carry the life of God. I destroy the works of the enemy. Somebody in here you've been despising yourself. Paul said I separated you from your mother's womb I called you for that assignment I called you for that mission I called you for that task I called you for that work I deal with every form of confusion I deal with every form of weakness I deal with every form of complication in your mind that is making you feel it's out there making you feel it's something that will come when you're 40 or 35 or 50 years old let there be a release of clarity let there be a release of oil let there be a release of glory let there be a realignment a release 
before we talk about the specific missions of your life we have to talk about this grand mission somebody pray he says the devil sin it from the beginning lord if there is any airing any sin in my heart that sin we're talking about is not smoking it's not drinking it's not sleep just misalignment yes. and abuse of choices in my heart that's what we're talking about if there's any abuse in my heart Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world if it, were, if it were of this world servants would have come to fight for me what he's saying is certain things might happen to you but they must never make you feel like you are not a missionary like God has forsaken you like God has abandoned you like God is not on your side what it's saying is keep your eyes on the kingdom you're from it's not a meat and drink righteousness peace joy in the Holy Ghost the kingdom of power I know it's been a major reset for many of you this morning but let's pray in a few minutes that we have left and as you pray begin to stir up the life of God he says in him was life and that life was the light of men in other words the life is not supposed to stay with you because it didn't say in him was life and the life was his light he's saying the reason you must shine the reason you must excel the reason you must preach the reason you must display the glory of God is because that life you carry is the light of men and that light on the inside of you will bring life to men that light is the life that life is the light illumination have you wondered why I said the whole world lies in wickedness please listen to this it said concerning Lucifer, son of the morning, I said that the beauty of perfection was on you until wickedness was found in you. Another one says until evil or sin was found in you. And we established it's not, it's not physical things, it's the heart. And the Bible says the whole world lies in wickedness. What does that mean? It means that what's wickedness is twistedness or perversion, being perverse, being twisted. He's saying that the whole world is twisted. He's saying the worldly ambitions are twisted. They are not all entirely wrong, but they are misguided. In other words, it's so twisted that it ends up with itself. That's why Jesus said, see, these things are not, when Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, deny yourself. He's saying that for you to really understand what I'm doing, and to be a partner in this mission, self cannot be your goal. Are you understanding that's why when he said, when you pray, he said, don't even start praying about what you eat or what you drink. Because after these things do the heathens, go after. This mission is not about being bellyful. It's a kingdom mandate. And you must deny yourself. Now, just to be clear, maybe I'll talk about one of the, in Luke chapter 8, the Bible talks about three women who brought resources to fund the ministry of Jesus. 
Check it out, Luke chapter, chapter 8 from verse 1 to about 5. Right? When Jesus was born, did people bring resources or not? When his ministry was being born, did people bring resources or not? When the church was born, did resources come or not? When tabernacle was built, was resources built? Temple. So God will sort it out. This, this is not even a function of less. You have to move from faith for it to the knowledge of it. I'm telling you guys, it changes everything. I, I started off having faith for it, but now I'm in the knowledge of it. So the money is not the problem. And the reason self has to die is that if self does not die and the money comes and the fame comes, you will be as twisted. But now you have more money to sponsor your twistedness. You'll be as twisted, but now you have more people to validate your twistedness. Are you understanding it? So this is, not a, um, this is not a call to lack of ambition. Don't be driven. Paul was so ambitious for the gospel. He says, for the sake of elect, I stretch myself. So I labor in the grace. So it's not saying now become, ah. So what are we doing? I won't do my master's again. I'll do my master's will. Listen, do your master's. Except the master says no. Take courses, do, write your books, release your music. But no, it is about the kingdom. Which means that if the master says, stop doing this one, you stop it. Don't say, but God, I've already built a crowd. I want us to pray intensely in two minutes about this life. I know some of you, your mind is still trying to grasp it. About this life and about this light. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues. I want everybody praying. If you can pray in tongues, pray in your understanding. This is why I was born. Paul was influential before the gospel, but it was the wrong influence. He was killing people, he was memorizing scriptures, but he didn't know the word until Christ came. We were born for this mission to partner with God. So whether you're in entertainment, whether you're in banking or finance, whether you're in IT, whether you're in training, education, commerce, vocational skills, you will advance the mission of God. Zundele boya, one and a half minutes to go. Brigatosi gatabalendo, sigradaka, juzezi zakole bradaka, vendoro koliba, torokelia tuvezi, lesko brigatolo bragada, ledukeria tabaska, rembashkata bayaha, recovetiga toleboriata gatulege, risaka tekeleya. Father, we align our choices. We align our choices with you. We align our hearts, our emotions, our passions to you. Zondi gatosi atagate kolori, rekatosi ladati otorengede, rembakovi zagade korata kahaya. Labrus a boy. We'll serve you, Lord. We'll serve you, Lord. 30 more seconds. Show me how my gifts and talents fit into this family mission. Show me how my timelines and experiences fit into this mission. Show me how my personality and my preferences fit into this mission.
In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let's raise our hands to our Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. For opening our eyes to see that you have so much more for us than our natural minds could ever compute. If Jesus had heeded the temptations of Satan, he would have been the biggest bread owner in the world. And that would have been the end of his ministry. If Jesus had heeded the temptation of the devil to fly or jump from the pinnacle of the temple, he would have been the flying Messiah. And there would have been interruption, disruption, divine agenda. If Jesus had become the king of the Jews with a throne on earth, that would have been the end. But you had something eternal in mind. And so, Father, we know that behind the instructions you're giving us, the books you're telling us to write, the missions you're trying, telling us to engage in, the master life study you're telling us to enroll in, we know that there is a big surprise. We know that there is a big agenda. We know that there is greater glory. Your word says for the sufferings of this world and nothing to be compared with the glory that will be revealed. And so we just trust you in this knowing. We say we're willing to walk with you, to run with you, to run with you, to heed your call. We refuse to have the scene of the enemy, the error of the devil in us. But as Christ was obedient even to the cross, we will carry our own crosses. We will walk in line with your instruction. I pray grace and strength for everybody on the journey who's feeling fatigued and overwhelmed, tired, uncertain, unsure, disconnected. Father, set them ablaze afresh. Illuminate their hearts. Flood them. For that person who's like Noah, building the ark, who's been mocked, Send them help. Vindicate them. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.